go. Wait, wait, that's not it. Oh, dude. That's, that's it's been so long. What's my line? I am appointed. What's my line? I am combobulated. Oh, no. Oh, I remember. All right. And we're back. Yeah, there we go. Wow. So the older you get, the more your memory goes? Is that? I, it's just been so long. Is that I the just, lesson? I know you guys tried to hold down the fort. I listened to a couple of episodes. Of- we... We tried to get Mark to say it, but he didn't. Yeah. He wasn't very effective. No. Um, we I did at, at one point, though. We ladies had, and gentlemen, if Mark is on the show, ladies and gentlemen, he's not going to say the line, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. We we did eventually have uh, uh like it was the we tried like every segment to the three of us that were here two weeks ago, three, four weeks, whatever it's, it's it was. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, to have, like, every time we'd come back from, you know, the commercial or whatever, we'd do some version of And We're Back. There was and one it, in Harmony that I remember hearing. It's the okay. very last segment of that particular show that I'm thinking of where we all nailed it, and we, and we sort of, like, self-congratulated ourselves <laughs> for, like, yeah, we finally, like, all show long, we weren't quite on, but that very last one, we finally nailed it. We were like, yes, we feel complete now, so... <laughs> It is Free Talk Live. If you're wondering what the heck you're listening to, it is uh, your new favorite freedom-oriented radio program. You can find out everything about us over at freetalklive.com. The telephone number, if you'd like to participate tonight, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. And Richie Rich. And the start date is zero seven one zero two zero two two, just so that I don't forget to do that part because yep. it's been so long, so I, discombobulated, yeah, conflagrated. Uh, what was it? Oh, I, I'm just gasted instead of flabbergasted. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm. Uh, what was the first thing I said? I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, oh, appointed. Oh, okay. I'm not disappointed. Okay. I'm just appointed. Yeah. I didn't get that one because that actually has another meaning. Like who appointed you? Right. Yes. Like. <laughs> You've been selected. No, no, no. Not that kind of appointed. Just what's the opposite of disappointed? I don't know. Appointed. This okay. has to be, right? All you right. take off the qualifier, and, but whatever the root word is. Changes the whole meaning. Must then. be the, I, I don't know. So are you unappointed? I'm or not an English dis- major, okay. so this is not uh, English 101. This is Free Talk Live. Uh, and we're going to be doing the whole show in English, though. So just bear loosely, in mind. yeah. There, there will be generous amounts of slanguage. Okay. Let's say uh, a portmanteau that I like to use. It's the combination of slang and language. It's known as slanguage. Uh, I am a fan of the portmanteau, as many of our listeners know. And you know, I should take the time to remind everybody and tell everybody who's new to this show, particularly on Sunday nights, that uh, I love a good portmanteau. So if you've taken two words and combined them together into a new word. Uh, and you think it's pretty cool, you can give us a call talk about that. You can talk about whatever's on your mind. We're going to talk about some stuff today. Uh, I've titled tonight's show, Shape-Shifting Swarm of Tiny Robots. Now, previously on Free Talk, Free Talk Live, Live, we covered an article about something called Smart Dust. Okay. And this is basically nanorobots that can be programmed to do a, a number of things. Uh, the I'm trying to think of the right word here, the industry with which they sort of position themselves for the use cases, the medical industry. They want to be able to send nanobots into like your bloodstream and program them to do things or, or the evil villain out, industry, clear out your arteries and, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, Reminds and me of a movie. They can also be used to do things like 
um, you know, sanitize or scrub or even like sand uh, a thing like a surface. So they could be used like in construction technology, that kind of thing. But yes, you are absolutely correct. This tool put into the hands of an evildoer has many sinister capabilities. We're watching you, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. If they start investing in this, beware. Yeah. So this isn't, it's loosely related to the smart dust, but it isn't directly related to the smart dust. Uh, This comes from activistpost.com. A shape-shifting swarm of tiny robots could soon clean your teeth without a brush. Okay. And I thought, would I want to like say ah like think of this process right it's already kind of weird that you you know open your mouth and insert a brush with some sort of paste on it right and move it back and forth to clean your teeth right you get used to it and it's just normal to you once you start doing it but it's not a natural occurring thing that humans would do so would i want to open my mouth and allow a shape-shifting swarm of tiny robots to just sort of motor around in there no. for a while <laughs> no so this this kind of reminds me of um when when covid was more of a thing than it is now yeah because people you know and and people had to go get like you know when i traveled i had to go get the the nasal swab to get on the plane mm. and i wasn't gonna fight it like i don't care yeah you know, call me a hypocrite i don't care i did it but i had you know liberty friendly community members go like well don't put the swab in your nose mm-hmm. i go well why not you know like or if you do it do it do it yourself and just like do it on the edge yeah I'm like, well, why? He's like, because you don't know what's on that swab that's going to like motor into your brain through the nasal cavity. Right, right. I, okay, fair point. Right, like I don't know what's on the swab, but whatever. Okay, point taken. I might not be down that rabbit hole too much. But I mean, just from like a health perspective, you don't know, like, did they swab something else before they're swabbing your nose? No. Do you watch them take it out of the package yeah. and unseal yeah. that kind of a but, thing? Uh, but who... Where was it packaged and what did they put on it before they put the seal to send it to the pharmacy? Sure. Kind of thing, right? Like this this is the insidious nature of it. So, so nanoparticles, like, you think it's going to stay, like, in the teeth area? It's going to travel, man. One would think. One would think. I'm, I am genuinely curious what the body reaction is to these because... Sometimes, I don't even get all the toothpaste out when I spit after brushing my teeth. Think I'm going to get out all the nanobots? Sometimes man invents a thing, and you don't know how the body's going to react to it. Okay. Uh, things like uh, the first artificial hearts, right? Even like when they were just for like people who were waiting for an actual transplant, right? They needed a way to keep them alive, so they had this outboard gear that sort of sat next to you and kept your heart pumping until your new real heart transplant, you know, did, sure. did arrive. So. When they created the ones that were implantable, the completely artificial hearts, uh, they had problems with people's bodies just sort of being like, what is this for an object in here? It and it starts to reject here. it. Right, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious genuinely what the body's reaction is to a mouthful of shape-shifting nanobots. So I'm a, I'm, you know, visually impaired. Like I need to wear glasses or contact lenses okay. most of the time. And... You know, at some point, the idea of like LASIK comes up. Yeah. Right. And I go, you know what? Like taking the two to three minutes in the morning to put in my contact lenses is not that big of an inconvenience. 
for me to risk the minuscule potential mm-hmm. of LASIK going wrong and permanently blinding me. Right. Or like, I'm not old enough to want to live with, you know, temporary or permanent blindness for any period of time when I can just, you know, take two minutes in the morning and pop in some lenses. Right. Right. Like brushing my teeth in the morning or at night or however often you want is not that big of an inconvenience for me I, I where I'm going to put nanoparticle dusts to let them do the work. I'm trying to remember somebody recently, maybe in the last two years or so, told me that they had LASIK in one eye. Okay. And the reason that they did is because what you're saying, they're like, I just figured that if I only had done in the one eye, then if it worked, great. But if it screwed me up, I still got one eye. Okay. <laughs> you know. So are you going to do the second eye after that? Like, well, know, that's what I asked. He's like, nah, maybe. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, Risk like, it again. You know, you know? Like, but like that would be... In my mind, like a safer approach okay. if you're concerned about the minuscule risk. I've even seen like the do-it-yourself-at-home laser LASIK kits from <laughs> on the internet when that was a thing. Like 500 bucks and like shine the laser into your own. I'm like, no, thank you. Now you can play the home game of yeah, laser no, eye surgery. Not a chance. Just give me the contacts. If, that, if I don't have those, I will I will suffer through a day of wearing glasses. I wonder if, I wonder if we could get our, our hands on like a couple of those and give them away as prizes, right? It's something we don't do here on Free Talk Live. Sure, ever. if you want to take the risk of, you know, you know the lawsuit coming at you if they screw it up. <laughs> Caller number 12 gets a free DIY LASIK surgery kit. The Free Talk Live doesn't have I'm, enough I'm problems. But if you want to call and talk about stuff, the telephone number is 603-283-6160. Let me repeat, there is no giveaway. 603-283-6160. Coming up, we're going to talk more about what this shape-shifting robotic micro-swarm of nanobots could be used for and how it's going to clean your teeth. More Free Talk Live is coming up. And we're back. And we are back, aren't we? We are. It's nice to be back. It is. I've been back before, and I'll be back again. But I'm here now. And so are you. Yes. And so are our listeners. What are they listening to, Richie Rich? Free Talk Live. That's right. Free Talk Live. We're the, I mean, as near as I can tell, the only show that does what we do. We come at things from the perspective of freedom, liberty, peace, prosperity. But we're also a live call-in radio talk program. We don't only want listeners. We want callers. Yeah, 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160 if you'd like to participate. Participate in the show, then tell your friends you were on the radio. Yeah. And and make that clip go viral. <laughs> and and like later on, you can find our archives over at freetalklive.com. So if you want to download the episode in which you called in, you can do so and grab you know a clip of yourself off of that if you like. Make it your ringtone or whatever it is you want to do with that audio. You're you're free to do so. There's no charge for you to download and listen to our our, our archives. So over at freetalklive.com, give it it's a visit. It's almost as cool as being interviewed in one of those man on the street segments. Almost. Almost. Uh, I do want to tell you all that Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency, which we talk a lot about here on Free Talk Live. We're not particular or specifically a cryptocurrency show. It's just that cryptocurrency gives us the ability to separate money from the state. And I think that that is becoming ever more increasingly important as time goes on. As we talked about uh, Sri Lanka and their hyperinflation last night, 
Uh, there's some some other things going on. Uh, inflation is a global phenomenon thanks to uh, central banking. And uh, basically, you're losing your purchasing value for whatever currency you use. So isn't it time for you to move on from a currency that's controlled by governments and one that's not controlled by anybody? You can go to Bitcoin.com now, click on Get Started at the top of the page, and when you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information that's neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse for you to ignore this important and world-changing information. If you're already knowledgeable about crypto, you can check out news.bitcoin.com and get all the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news on a very slick and easy-to-use website. Please visit Bitcoin.com. Can I chime in very briefly? I don't know. Can you? If if you'll allow it. If it it pleases you. Um, Make it so. So... Big fans of crypto, yes. right? And early on, it was pitched to us as like the anti-state currency. Yes. Right? The state can't regulate this. This is for you, liberty-minded, freedom-oriented anarchists, if you will, people out there. Um, and I happened across a headline this week. I didn't bring it for show prep here. Covered it a little bit on the podcast. And the question posed in the article mm-hmm. was, does cryptocurrency need a central bank, a lender of last resort? <laughs> okay. I would like to laugh it off. Right. But I am deeply concerned where if, if that's the like the the hive mind thought process that is going out there. Mm. Right. That that cryptocurrency could be skewing in a very negative direction towards more state intervention. And we need to be very have a very concerted effort to steer it back away from that to what its original intent was. And that is state free money. Right. Uh, the Probably the most important pillar, if you will, if there's pillars of cryptocurrency, the most important thing in my mind is the decentralization aspect of it. The, Until they try to centralize it by having a crypto lender of last resort right, run it, by the state. In which case, it, it is no longer cryptocurrency. Now it's just digital currency. Okay. Digital currency, like governments are going to attempt to confuse all of you all of us everybody that's listening and everybody that's not listening they're going to try and confuse you and tell you that oh their currency is just like bitcoin it's just like it no it's not because there's a centralized bitcoin and all the other cryptocurrencies that exist today most of them are decentralized there's a few that are less decentralized than others but for the most part that is sort of the linchpin what does that mean that means there's nobody in control of it. That it's it's the miners and the developers who put these things together and release it into the wild, and it goes and lives on its own. That is to say, nobody can you know launch a no knock raid against the Bitcoin headquarters and shut down Bitcoin. That's not how it works. It doesn't have an office. It doesn't have a central location. It doesn't have a colo. It doesn't have a server farm where. You know, somebody can come in and just pull the plug and, oh, it's shut down now. Yeah. I understand, I understand all that. I'm just explaining I'm just, it for the audience. Okay. Yeah. I'm just deeply concerned about the shift of, like, the Overton window for cryptocurrency moving in that direction as opposed to back to where it was, you know, I, 2009, 2010. There's more <clears throat> infrastructure now for cryptocurrency than ever. Yeah. Right? So the thing is just growing and growing and growing. I still see it as the same trajectory as the internet. 
Okay. Right. So internet comes out and, you know, a few people participate. They get on, you know, bulletin boards and things like that. And then, you know, it it makes a technological jump and uh, all of a sudden you get websites, you know, and then the next thing was the the wars, right? The uh, search engine wars, right? Uh, Before the big G, there was a whole bunch of search engines. There was Ask Jeeves and uh, Dogpile, Dogpile, Dice, and, you know, and they were all struggling to like be the, the top dog, if you will. And be the best search engine that they could. Out of nowhere comes this site called Google. And it was all really simple. Just sort of a blank page with a little box in the middle of it. Whereas the rest of them were full-on websites with all sorts of information and stuff on how to search. And what to, you know, and the big G came out and it was just like a blank page with a box in the middle. And they won. They won the war. So I feel like that's where we're at right now. We're, okay. we're at the search engine wars, right? Cryptocurrency is struggling with making the user experience very nice right the user interface still kind of sucks there's some wallets out there that are doing some great things uh to some extent exchanges have contributed to some of the advances in wallets but you in my opinion you still don't want to keep your money on an exchange because not not your keys keys, not not your your money okay so if that's the trajectory you're on again just one more concern here yeah um because of regulations passed in europe Right. I now have to accept cookies on like every website I visit. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's a big old pop up that is a barrier between me and getting to the information I'm looking for right. because of some European regulation. Right. Right. So it's be, the Internet was wild and free and you can go wherever you want. And there was a book, so the entire Internet in the book. Uh, and now every every website, you know, it, because of a law, not in this country. Right now, now there's a barrier between you and your information. Like not ads or pop-ups, just like because of the European DC whatever it is, yeah, right. you have to click a box to accept cookies. Right, but that's if you're browsing. Now I am of the opinion that while I use web browsers every day because I grew up, you know, with them uh, before them actually, and like when they came out, I started using them first. But uh, a large portion of today's population couldn't tell you what a web browser is because okay. they use the apps on their phone. All right. So I, I'm just saying that web browsing, while it hasn't gone away, maybe never will, it's already sort of in the past. Fair enough. What I do envision, though, is something that I call the inversion. And we can talk more about the inversion here on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. More is coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com.
That's right. It is Free Talk Live, the live radio call-in program where you can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. The telephone number here in the studio, 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Richie Rich. Uh, so we were talking, <laughs> I don't even know how we got on the subject. Oh, we're talking about technology. We did a Bitcoin ad, yeah, and we then did. I had some concerns about a different topic. And and previously we were talking about shape-shifting robotic micro-swarm of nanobots. And we'll talk more about that in a bit. But I had mentioned uh, where I think we are with cryptocurrency now being similar to where we were uh, in the you know 2000s, early 2000s with the search engine wars. And then I mentioned something called the inversion. What does this mean? Well, I give you an example. It happened. uh, We become the internet. Well, no, it happened in the telephone industry. So it used to be when the internet first came out that the internet ran over the copper wire of the telephone network. Fiber optic and digital technology came along and said, no, we're going to replace all that with this fiber optic cable. We heard a lot about that in the 90s and 2000s. And so eventually it flipped, if you will. The inversion occurred where now all of your phone calls run over the Internet. They all get converted into zeros and ones instead of being an analog signal running over copper wire. It gets converted into zeros and ones. Even at the like everybody got a cell phone now. Very few people have a landline. Landlines are like the only phones that even and they only are analog up until they hit the the box outside in the yard or in the neighborhood somewhere where it gets converted to digital. So it's a very short period of time where they run yeah. over copper wire. Everything else runs over the internet now. Part so, of that was a quality issue too. Well, but and efficiency, right? Because yeah. fiber optic and digital technology is so much more efficient than analog technology. It just made sense from a business perspective to do all of this kind of stuff. That hasn't happened with cryptocurrency yet. What does a cryptocurrency inversion look like? Well, that's when uh, all of the existing state-based currencies now run on the cryptocurrency networks. We, okay. haven't, we, haven't, we haven't hit that yet. I don't know if I want that. Well, I don't. So what I'm saying is much like uh, the internet sort of, I want to say eight, uh, they absorbed the entire classified ads industry. Right. Right. That's what cryptocurrency is going to do to state-based currency. Okay. It's going to continue to absorb it. You know, we're in still in the early days where it's sort of, you know, it's this thing and they're worried about it and they don't know what to do. And so they kick and they scream a little bit, which is why we see things like the, the headline that you mentioned. Yeah. Does, does cryptocurrency need a lender of last resort and a central bank? Right. So they're going to try and, you know, take over it and co-opt it and make you believe all sorts of things that are unnecessary. So that's what the inversion, in my mind, will look like. It could be different. I don't know. But if it follows the trajectory that the search engine wars did, we have yet to see anything close to the inversion, and that tells me we're still in early days. Let the people who want to use fiat use fiat, and let us freedom lovers use crypto. Well, and and like currently, like today, for example, I purchased my dinner uh, at a local restaurant that happens to accept uh, you know, regular dollars. They accept cryptocurrency. They also accept goldbacks. Now... Uh, I have some gold backs in my possession that I purchased with cryptocurrency uh, through an online site that lets you do that. And I bought them when cryptocurrency was high, like the $60,000 range. 
And so it makes more sense for me to spend those now because I bought them when the crypto was high than it does for me to spend crypto now when it's so low. Yeah. So I have my choice of currencies. Right. And we live in the future, Richie Rich. We live in the future here in King, New Hampshire, because there are places that do this. But all I'm saying is coming soon, you will be able to just scroll through and be like, what would you like to pay with? I'd like to pay with USD. No, I'd like to pay with Bitcoin. No, I'd like to pay with Goldex. No, I'd like to pay with insert cryptocurrency here. Monero, that's a secure currency that right. I'm a real big fan of. All of these things. So we haven't hit that yet. So this is why I was called a bad activist. Right. Because to me. Those who pay in those currencies pay an activist tax, right? Because there, there's a, a concept known as Gresham's Law, mm-hmm. right? That bad money drives out good money. So if I have cryptocurrency, goldbacks, and dollars, mm-hmm. it would behoove me to give away the dollars as the least value among them. Okay. And so I don't, I'm not one of those activists that spends cryptocurrency oh it's totally your choice right yeah and the 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 couple of times that i did i quickly replenished it yeah with dollars and and the thing is is like the infrastructure has evolved in such a way that you can still do that almost at your leisure right, right? so let's just say you did take a usd that you know you earn right you you did a side gig you earned some usd you can convert that relatively easily into cryptocurrency. You could convert that relatively easy, easily into goldbacks. You can convert either crypto or goldbacks relatively easily into back into USD. That's what I'm saying. The technology, the infrastructure that exists now allow you to actually make that choice with very little effect on your actual budget. You right. can spend your preferred currency at the whatever place you wish to spend it at or not. And right. that's what I like about it. Like More choice is always a better thing. Right, but and and until those restaurants go like we prefer goldbacks or crypto, and we're no longer taking USD, right. right? I will continue to follow Gresham's law and spend the least value among them. Yep, agreed. Uh, we'll talk more about this, I'm sure. But let's go to Jerome, who's calling from South Carolina. Jerome, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I just wanted to say how disappointed I am that um, President Biden's going to Saudi Arabia to grovel for oil because of our American interests. You know what I say? It's like a in-year relationship with that country. He just gave so, away a bunch of America's strategic reserves. That's true. Hey, is that the guy that said that um, Dr. Fauci was a mass murderer? Um, I, I might agree Rick with Rick? that, but I don't know if I've ever said no, that I on think, air. I think uh, yeah, you're, you're thinking of uh, yeah, Peakless Mountaineer. Okay. Oh, oh, him? oh okay. All yeah, right. he's not Sorry on tonight, but no, that's all right. Because, yeah, because His beard is almost as on, nice. I don't want, it ties I don't want it him up. talking to me. Because if that guy's on, I don't want that guy talking to me. But I just want well, to guess who's going to get cut off man. first. <laughs> well, well uh, hey, wait, wait, hey. if you want to cut me off, go ahead, Dan. No, no, I'm in control, no. not him. So I'm, I'm not cutting you off, at least not yet. Um, I do want to ask, Jerome, I thought you yeah. were an ardent Biden supporter. Yeah, I am. I'm disappointed that he's doing When I heard about this trip, I said, oh, hell, I wish he would cancel this. But I know how, you know, American greed and people crying about the price of oil, and I understand that, but this is a bad, bad deal. But it's an 80-year relationship, so I don't know how the hell you handle something like that. Let me, let me ask but you this, Jerome. Because he stopped the pipelines America. and has given away the reserve. I, I want to ask Jerome a question. Jerome, yeah. has Joe Biden done anything positive since he's become president? Of course he has. Name one thing. Oh, did you hear about the jobs report? Did you hear about that? 
more jobs uh, created. You know, so I, 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 know, I know what you're about to say. I know what you're about to say, but here's the deal. You can't tell everybody they can't go to work. And then when you let them go back to work, you can't count those as new jobs and like take credit for it and be like, look at all the jobs I created. Presidents well, do not create jobs. Markets create jobs. If the Republicans had let this damn pandemic just run out of uh, muck and out of control, maybe he wouldn't have to do that. Okay. And then you know what? And he didn't have what? to do it. All of the things that and were done have been proven already to be not effective. Yep. Lockdowns were not effective. Masking were not effective. Then, Mandates were not effective. Travel restrictions, not effective. One-way aisles at and the grocery what? store, not effective. Plexiglass, and not effective. What? And guess what? And the damn fool who calls himself president was telling people to drink bleach. His ass came down with it. How the hell you like that? Huh? And I said, yeah. Of the damn doctors, I must have seen about nine doctors in front of the hospital that, that they talked about. I said, yeah, you let him die, your ass won't be able to pick up garbage in America. Hey, thanks for the call, Jerome. We appreciate you. It's been a long time since I heard from Jerome. Uh, as much as I disagree with his viewpoints, I enjoy him as a caller. 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live. More of your calls is coming up. back you are back we We are back and so are you the listener and what are you listening to it's a show on the radio or perhaps on the internet streaming or perhaps on a satellite somewhere called free talk live you can find out all about us over at freetalklive.com we're a live radio program where you can call in take control of the airwaves talk about whatever's on your mind the telephone number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. You have now entered a world where freedom and liberty take precedence. You're in a time, in a world, this in a place. The free talk lives. That was uh, the, the movie phone guy, right? Uh, I think Pablo Francisco did a great comedy bit where he sounds just like the movie guy. And he pointed out to me, and I never really noticed that whenever you see a movie trailer, it's always in a... Right. In a world, in yep. a time, in a place. Right. It's always in a something. You know? Anyway, let's go to your calls and thoughts. We have Phil calling from Michigan. Phil, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Phil. Hey, hey Phil, you got to turn your radio off in order to have a conversation. There's a seven second delay you have to compensate for. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys. I'm just on my phone. I'm not listening to the radio. Oh, okay. I thought I heard something in the background. Usually when there's a big delay, it's because folks are listening to their radio. So go ahead. Uh, What's on your mind? You're on the radio. I was listening on Friday, and you guys were talking about Elon Musk and uh, the uh, Twitter deal breaking up. And there was a little bit of uh, information that didn't match up with the information that I had been hearing that I had been seeing through a different filing. So... Um, you guys were saying that Elon just had to pay a million dollars to get out of the deal. It was like a that's billion. Not, that, 
a billion, I'm sorry, yeah, billion, million, yes. It's, um, but that billion is only allows for you to have the deal if he can't get financing. So if he can't get financing to, to close the deal, then he can pay a billion dollars and walk away from it. <laughs> but other than that... Ah, other it's than only that, a billion dollars, no problem. Right, right. <laughs> other than that, there is specific performance on the equity. So it um, translates out of legalese. That is to say that, uh, except that the, only, the only way he can get out of it is, is he can't find financing which he currently has through Morgan Stanley. Um, other than that, he has to close on the deal. Otherwise, they can take him to court and sue for specific performance, which is basically, you know, hey, go through with the contract that you made. Now, so is, he doesn't have a way out of this. Is the reason that he is trying to pull out the the bots? Yes, yeah, so that's that's what he is uh, claiming. Oh. Um, but So, it, so just, have, just for our listeners that don't know, apparently... Twitter is littered with fake accounts that are run by robots that Twitter themselves have unleashed onto the the Twitter population, and That's they have they they have you know friended you and followed you, and you know there are people who have reported that uh, you know when the whole thing about the bots first started coming up that like half of my followers are gone because they were bots that kind of a thing just so folks have yeah. an understanding. I, I do a lot of investing, although I don't have any stake in Twitter. I don't have anything stake in anything to do with Elon, mm, so I don't stake. have a stake in this game. But uh, I do follow financial news, and uh, he has to go through with this, um, unless of course he can prove massive uh, fraud that materially misrepresents public filings. Right. So he's going to have to be able to prove that he uh, that, that there's a massive amount of bots there. I th- I think hmm, how do I want to phrase this? The problem with Elon are the Elon fanboys, partially. Oh, yeah. Um, and so much like the Donald Trump fanboys, right, there are already theories on this, on, like, why Elon's pulling out. Oh, instead because, of a, because instead of a he's, Q, there's, like, an E? Right, he's playing, he's playing like, <laughs> Elon is now playing 4D chess, right? He set up the deal, all, had always intended on backing out, and then now he knows that Twitter is going to sue him for backing out, Right, and that means in open court, right? Twitter has to then show so, all these bots. Yeah, sort of drop their pants, reveal drop, what they got. Right, yeah. and and that's it, the play. You know, a, that's the play for Elon. A chance that he bought the, the or they made an attempt to buy this with no intention of actually buying it, as you just said, but to throw mud on Twitter's face. Right, and that's and that that's that's the claim, right? That Elon is playing 4D chess. Like this whole thing was him just another troll. Never intended to buy it, but wanted to get this out in the open, and that's this is his way of doing that. Um, and as far as as far as the bots are concerned, it is hard for me to believe that Elon Musk didn't know that Twitter had a bot problem, right? Because even in the yeah. beginning, one of the things he said he was gonna he was gonna fix with Twitter was the bot problem, and right. it got covered it got covered up with all this free speech thing. But one of the things that came out, he said like, well. The way we're going to solve that is we're going to have to ID verify all the users. I went, well, so much for your free speech aspect of it, because you're not going to be able to do that, but that was his solution to get rid of the bots. I think to yeah. Phil, Phil's point, though... To, I think he was trying to throw mud on the face of right. Twitter. Well, I think to Phil's point, though, is did Twitter disclose whether or not they had this massive network of bots in the you know the filing or whatever it is that they okay. had to put together in order for the purchase to go through and if they did not 
even though, as you say, Elon may have suspected they were there, right? There's no way for him to prove that they were there. Right. And so perhaps now, you know, there will be some evidence that, that they've so, been there that okay. Twitter did not disclose. So let me let me relate this again to something you might be more comfortable with, Kevin. Uh, uh, hang on. Let, let Phil chime in for a okay. second. Go ahead, Phil. He, he, hopefully, for Elon's sake, he doesn't end up with uh, holding a bag for $44 billion for a pile of shirts that he really doesn't want. <laughs> Yeah. So one of the things that happened early on, right? The, you know, you you've purchased a house and you were looking to buy a house, and yeah. with the housing market the way it is now, right? There's a whole bunch of buyers like waving inspections, right? No, we'll take it. We got the cash today. We'll take it. And then after they make the purchase, they went, "Oh man, there's a lot more work than we thought." But they were yeah, so he, they were so they excited. On, specifically waived due diligence. Right. They specifically waived the right to inspect the house. Right. So he uh-huh. he can't claim that they didn't tell me because he said you don't have to tell me. I'm just 40, 54, 54, 20, yeah. and it's it, and I'm taking it. He waived the inspection. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So, so he's he's got to follow through, or it's the 4D chess thing, which he never intended to do. Wants to throw mud on Twitter, and this is the way to get that bot thing out in you know in the public. The right. other thing, the other thing to consider though is. Let's just say he did completely intend to buy the thing no matter what, and he is doing something that, uh, in a marketing perspective, or from a marketing perspective, is pretty smart, which is continuing to build the brand. Everybody is talking about Elon Musk and Twitter still. How long has this thing been going on? From the first time the rumor surfaced? Months, right? Almost all year. Yeah. Right? He, he's been or- keeping He's been keeping the Twitter brand name and the Elon Musk brand name in the press for zero cost to him. Right. And or he'll maybe, do that for himself. But with Twitter. he's going to say, he's going to come back and say, you know what? You know what, guys? Let's just set this all aside. I'll still buy it, but only for $50 a share. Or less, because if he pulls out, the likelihood is the stock price will tank. Right, and then he'll then he'll come back and say, "Well, see, without me, you guys are only worth thirty a share," and he'll you know he give them. Be trying to get a lower price. Yeah. it's entirely possible. Hey, Phil, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Um, He's a very effective troll. Yeah, I refer to him now as Milan. Okay, because you know he loves his name in the press. Uh, you know, he does this thing with the numbers that everybody like the four twenty, the sixty nine, whatever. Yeah, fifty four twenty, fifty four twenty. Yeah. So he does this thing that everybody's like, "Oh, that's so cool." The Tesla right? model sexies. Yeah. So, um, you know, a, a man of that much money and who enjoys the spotlight that much, like a couple of things are going to happen. He's going to always seek the spotlight, but again, perhaps from a marketing perspective, he's getting the greatest marketing for the lowest cost that he possibly can. And you you have to you have to be a believer that all press is good press. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there like there's no such thing as bad publicity when it comes to marketing a brand. There is such a thing as bad publicity when the people take uh, action against something they perceive as a negative. But if you're, I mean, but there, that's the thing. There's a band in Seattle uh, used to be uh, probably decades ago. Now they were called Quickie. Right. And their whole shtick was that they wouldn't like really go and play an actual gig inside of a venue. They would 
pack their gear up into a van and set the drum kit up so the drummer could play it inside the van, and they'd have a couple of amplifiers inside the van, and they'd have, like, wireless things attached to their guitars and a wireless microphone, and they would just pull up to, like, where there's a line waiting for the big concert that's going on in town. They would just pull up into a no-parking area, jump out of the van, play a few songs real quick, and then jump back into the van and bail before the cops could come and give them a ticket for parking. I guess the difference with Elon is sometimes he does things and it negatively affects the stock price of his other brains. 603-283-6160. Hour number two of Free Talk Live is coming up. again we're and and we're back tell a friend telephone and we're back and telephone we're back. number and we're back telephone number six zero three telephone number six zero three two eight three six one six zero that is the phone number for you to call to participate with us in the studio here at free talk live committed to memory who the heck am I? I am the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Joining me, Reggie Rich. Were you just acting like you were falling asleep for a minute? It's, it's a long introduction. Or are you like... Would uh, you use all the titles? Yeah. It takes a minute. I'm trying to get more. Okay. I, I feel like I'm running out because I already ended the... Or added... I haven't said it in a while, but the... Buckshot, Buckshot Esquire. Esquire yeah. if you will, at the end. Um, And then I think you pointed me out like, I think you need to be an attorney to use That was not me. I didn't. Somebody somebody pointed it out. And I'm like. I'm a parody artist and I don't need that nonsense. Yeah, well, I'm a, you know, I'm an attorney of a different sort, right? And I don't know what that is. But uh, somebody was like, they they sent me a a screen cap of uh, exactly what I did to become a lord, which was, there's this website. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but you can go find it if you, if you want to. You ba- you basically go and you buy a one foot by one foot square plot of land in Scotland, Scotland. Well, that has to be a lord, not a lawyer. Right, that's what yeah. I mean, oh, okay. lord. Yeah, that's how I got Lord <clears throat> Reverend Doctor Captain Kickass. Right, I literally went online and it said first name. I said Captain and last name Kickass, and I bought a one foot by one foot plot of land. They sent me an email, and then I paid the like whatever it was ten bucks. For them to send me the actual certificate that says Captain Kickass is hereby a lord, and I'm like, sweet, I'm gonna add that to my name. And if you want to do that too, wait for like Black Friday and Christmas time because there are sales. It's on true. Plots of it's land. True. Father's Scotland. Day too. Yeah, yeah, they they have the sales for that. Seems to be more of a guy thing than a girl thing. Although females can purchase the one foot and they become a lady. No, they have to marry the lord because this is this is like old timey stuff. What about trans people? Can they buy one foot one foot and become a lord? No. How about a lady? There were no trans people back in the old time can they, days. Can they be? Can they become a lady? No. Then what? They can be the help. What do you call them? Like if Arya went out and like bought one of these, would they wouldn't sell it to her. <laughs> <laughs> this is old timey days. That. Hadn't thought of that. Uh, previously on Free Talk Live, we were talking about a shape shifting robotic micro swarm of nanobots that could be used. <laughs> <laughs> for flossing and brushing your teeth. Researchers from University of Pennsylvania say their microscopic dentists may one day act as a toothbrush, rinse, and dental floss 
all in one. This sounds like a commercial, right? For you know, new Crest Nanobots. Well, when when you originally pitched this to me before we went on the air, I said like, "Have you seen the ten second toothbrush?" Right. And I had not. And you described right. it to me. Go ahead, describe it for the audience. It's, it's like a mouthpiece with rubber bristles on there that you just put in your mouth and you turn it on. And then it just vibrates, you know, <laughs> for like ten seconds. Oh, is it like the money printer? <laughs> money printer go. That's right. Right, but but because of all the like tiny little bristles on there, it it brushes all your teeth at once, Whoa. rapidly with the oxygenating bubbles and the UV light or whatever. I don't know about that. Yeah. That's true, but it does it really quickly. So even if you if you if taking two minutes to brush your teeth in the morning is like too much for you. <laughs> <laughs> right Be- before you go sticking nano robots in your mouth, eh, maybe give the ten second toothbrush. I could see something like, like the ten second toothbrush, like you carry in like the center console of your car. Yeah, for like those unexpected overnight trips, and you're like, oh, I better brush my teeth. Or for you ladies in the morning while you're putting on your makeup, just pop that in for the ten seconds while you're doing and your like, eyeliner. Then poke yourself in the eye with your mascara <laughs> wand because <laughs> it's shaking your face. <laughs> This is not advice. This is comedy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine that happening, right? Some lady, she's, you know, she's in the rush hour traffic, so she's already distracted driving. She's putting on her makeup, and then she's like, oh, I didn't brush my teeth. She reaches into the center console, pops this thing in, continues to, like, put on her eyeliner or mascara, and then pokes herself in the eye and then causes or gets into an accident. Who does Karen sue in that? Is it the mascara people for being too sharp and damaging the eye, or is it the toothbrush people for vibrating too much? Because you know she's not going to take responsibility for her own actions. Yeah. Or is it the car manufacturer for not making a self-driving car that, like, you know, won't get into an angle? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Did uh, you guys cover that story? <laughs> I don't remember that story at all. Okay. There was, oh, man, I might have to find this. There was a headline where um, they sued the car manufacturer because they were having, like, sex in the car or something like that. and. And like they did, did it like go into neutral or something? And no, it wasn't even a crash. Oh. It was just like you know, it was it was a paternity suit of some kind, and they <laughs> sued the car. Like Geico got sued am, on the insurance. Or I something. am color me not surprised. Uh, okay. The shape shifting robotic micro swarm of nanobots for flossing and brushing your teeth. They use a magnetic field. Researchers say they can direct the microbots' motion and configuration to form either bristle-like structures like a toothbrush or elongated strings that can slip between teeth like dental floss. In either case, the building blocks of these tiny robots contain iron oxide nanoparticles, which produce both catalytic and magnetic reactions. The catalytic reaction drives the nanoparticles to produce antimicrobials that can kill harmful bacteria on a person's teeth or gums. The team's experiments demonstrated that the robots could conform to the shape of a person's teeth, even if they're crooked, and eliminate all of the biofilms that cause tooth decay and gum disease. This sounds rather good for, uh, you know, the the industry of, of dentists. Uh, what are you showing me, Rich? Rich? She got an... Oh, go ahead, read it. She got an STD during car sex. Now Geico could pay her $5.2 million. Good Lord. This is the wow. timeline we're in. That's true. Great show prep. Yeah. I thought maybe. I thought maybe with my absence being as long as it was that someone might have picked up on this one. Uh, no, we rely on you okay. specifically <laughs> for these types of things. And we've got some more from you today that hopefully we'll get to today. Um, so all of this about uh, these you know, nano robots for tooth care sounds great. 
right? They conform to any shape of teeth, no matter how many you have or don't have. Uh, it eliminate all of the biofilms that cause tooth decay and gum disease. Routine oral care is cumbersome and can pose challenges for no. many people. No, it's not. Especially those who have a hard time cleaning their teeth, says Michael Hyun Koo, a professor at the Department of Orthodontics and Divisions of Community Oral Health and Pediatric Dentistry. And I thought my title was long. This is why I have one. I'm making fun of these people. Uh he says you have to brush your teeth, then floss your teeth, then rinse your mouth. It's a manual, multi-step process. The big innovation here is that the robotics system can do all three in a single, hands-free, automated way. And uh, it's the type of people that don't have the time to preheat their oven, too. Well, there are people that oh, I don't know, don't have hands, for example. Okay, right? You know, this <laughs> I could see this being a thing, or even something like the what is it, the, the ten, ten-second ten toothbrush, second toothbrush yeah, something like that. Like you know, this sounds great. Now, my concern is that really the solution we jump to, though. My concern, of course, here is... <laughs> I've, I've seen a dude paint a painting with just his toes. I've seen right? that, too. I've seen a, a female artist who does all that, and she was really good. Brilliant stuff. Uh, so I've skipped down a little bit. Uh, are the robots safe for human mouths? Because my immediate thought is, I mean, anything can turn into a weapon, right? Yeah. Like, if you can configure these nanorobots to form, you know, micro bristles around your teeth and, you know, clean your gums and clean all the crap out of the crevices you know, between your teeth, you could also program them to, I don't know, kill a guy. I've seen the movie Bloodshot. So, are the robots safe for humans? The researchers note that bristles can become firm enough to clean, but soft enough to not hurt the user. Tests of the bristle formations on animals revealed that they did not harm the gum tissue. Researchers are fine-tuning the system with hopes to see it help people in a clinical setting and even at home, especially for aging adults and people with disabilities who lack the motor skills to regularly brush. So, uh, I look at this like most technology. Uh, a lot of folks will approach something like this fearful at first. And then, you know, once you know, some people start using it or whatever, they kind of lose their fear because it becomes a benefit to them. And I'll just say it, it doesn't matter what the tool is. When somebody decides to kill, the choice of weapon is always secondary. So it doesn't matter what tools you do have and don't have around. Somebody decides they want to kill, they're going to find a way to do it. The choice of how is always secondary. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. We are back. It is Free Talk Live. We're on the air seven nights a week from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. We've been talking about uh, this robotic swarm of nanobots that, well, they say it would be good to, you know, brush your teeth with. Because it can get all the places that your toothbrush can't and your floss can't and uh, all this kind of thing. But uh, could it be used for evil? Yes. Of course it could. Much like anything else, uh, we discussed uh, during the break that you know something like a hammer 
yeah. can be used to build a house or it can be used to like well, bash a skull in. And that's because during the break, what I said is I, I take Ernie Hancock's line of thinking on this. Yeah. And he says, well, if they can, then they are. And the question is, can they? Right? Can they use these nanobots for nefarious purposes? Absolutely. Then they are. Absolutely. That's a portmanteau. There you go. That's absolutely and positively combined into one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Positively. Positively is the opposite. Yes, correct. Uh, do you really want liberty in our lifetime? Maybe. Later this year, Mark Edge is speaking at Free Cities Foundation's annual conference, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's being held in the beautiful city of Prague from October 21st through the 23rd. And it showcases autonomous cities and I'm sorry, intentional communities that are springing up all around the world, offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. The conference theme is Parallel Structures for Progress, and will explore physical developments and parallel structures emerging in education and finance that offer alternatives for people looking for better ways to learn, educate their children, and invest in their future. Free Private Cities is offering all Free Talk Live listeners a special 20% discount on tickets, which can be claimed when checking out on Eventbrite using the promo code FTL20. That's FTL20, as in Free Talk Live. To find out more about the conference, visit LifetimeLiberty.com and follow the conference Twitter. Uh, their handle is LibertyIOL, at LibertyIOL. Make sure you get your tickets soon to take advantage of the early bird discount. If you'd like to buy your ticket in Bitcoin, you can drop them a Twitter DM for instructions on how to do so. LifetimeLiberty.com. Remember, the code is FTL20. It's in Prague from October 21st through the 23rd. Go say hi to Mark. Tell him. Hi, Mark. Tell him he's doing he's doing good work. Oh, hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. You're doing good work. That's, you know, the captain sent me to tell you that. That's all you have to say. Do you get an extra discount if you say the captain sent me? No, I don't think so. That should be a promo code. <laughs> Tell them the captain sent you. Uh, <laughs> that'd be funny. Use promo code captain sent me. There is a, uh, well, we'll talk about that. Well, okay, because I'm thinking about it. Um, there's a new uh, Star Trek. Uh, it's the one with uh, Pike. So it's the pre-Kirk okay. version. So you've got Captain Pike. And so the latest uh, episode has Pike and Kirk meet. Ooh. And so there's all this. And they 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 specifically play it up. They're like, if Pike is talking, he's like, "Isn't that right, Captain?" And then he'd be like, "Yes, Captain, that's correct." And so it's all this sort of captain to captain stuff. And hilarious in the writers' room. Like it was on, and I'm like in my kitchen. I'm like you know making some dinner, and I'm hearing all this Captain, 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 Captain. And I immediately think of the um, the effing long or the effing short version. Um, this has been done with. Uh, What's the the bowling movie with John Goodman and Oh, uh, uh Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. They make the the short effing version okay. where they take all of the F bombs okay. and edit everything else out except for them saying F F F F F F F through the and it turns out to be like a 5 minute movie that you can completely recap just by watching that. And so I kind of had that experience with Captain 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 Captain. Anyway, I don't remember why I brought that up, but whatever. Let's go to David in New Mexico. Just to avoid this. Yes, to, so I don't have to make a point. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Night of the Bazaar, Judge Jewell in domestic violence case, plus NM police boss in love affair with state lawmaker, and death calls Tiny Martinez. You know, you remind me of like a, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know these like 
television shows. These evangelists? No, no, no. Like oh. the um, the tabloids, right? Like uh, uh, what's what this is? E something? Et Entertainment no, Tonight? Entertainment or? Tonight? Yeah, but like there's a there's a newer one. Okay. With the lawyer, he's the host, and he's the short guy, and I can't remember the name of the. I don't watch that yeah, kind of trash what, TV. I don't so. know what you're talking about. Okay, well, anyway, go ahead, David. The um, anyway, this this uh, uh, citing some, my sources, citing my sources, so people can't accuse me of just pulling this out of my and um, uh, your end, yes, defaming, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, uh, Joe, this comes from uh, Joe Monahan's New Mexico dot dot com. Joe Monahan was a credible source, a long time uh, reporter. With a with the the Albuquerque Journal, I believe it was, and then he went off on his own and just started doing a blog. And uh, this is a very shorter shorter than I am uh, winded, so I will just read it. A blizzard of bizarre political news fell over our enchanted land late last night as KRQE. And this is from back in 2006. KRQE TV in Albuquerque let off its 10 p.m. newscast with two stunners. First, the judge Tommy Jewell, Big Bill. Uh, that's the governor, Bill Richardson, at the time. Mm-hmm. Big Bill is picked to become the new cabinet secretary for the Children, Youth, and Families Department, CYFD, was involved in a 1999 domestic violence case that involved children. Imagine that. Tommy Jewell, the presiding judge of the Children's Court, married to Angela Jewell, the uh, presiding judge in my uh, family case where she trafficked my children. And it goes on. On, on, uh, on Jewell, oh, I'm sorry. A domestic violence case in about a second. That, uh, that, that one doesn't matter. Uh, on Jewel, the station reported that he reached a settlement over a 1999 domestic violence charges that kept records of the case permanently sealed. Imagine that. The oh, judge wow. The records of his domestic violence case involving children, Judge Tommy Jewel, permanently sealed. Which of us could accomplish that? None. Jewel, 51, was asked to comment, but he said he could not convenient because, because the records were sealed vi- that's right it might violate the agreement he is married to uh abq district court judge angela jewel the couple has two children however because of the seal on the case Cherokee could not report whether it was the members of the jewel family who were involved in the case or other individuals and lastly the jewel story had big bill the governor uh, office running for cover with a spokesman saying they had no idea of the dual case. Of course. It was sealed. Yeah. You got to run for governor and get these records unsealed when you win. Right. And it says here that the, the judge, Tommy Jewell, never voluntarily told his boss, the governor, uh, that, or his potential boss, the governor of this case, because, you know, I wonder why, why he didn't tell Big Bill. Because uh, it was sealed. Ask, yeah, because it's sealed. Yeah, but they would ask the retired judge about the matter. Meanwhile, they are sticking with the jewel appointment for now, and uh, he never got it, by the way. So, are are you going to run for governor and attempt to unseal these, David Olson? I am governor. I have just now appointed myself, and I will unseal them. All right. So, if people want to have you do governor things, how do they, you know, ask you for these gubernatorial favors? Just, just, just look me up on the internet, uh, David Olson three three three, everywhere on the internet, including Gmail. Hey, thanks for the call, David. We appreciate it. And good luck with your future endeavors. This is Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join us, more Free Talk Live is on the way.
duo. The dynamic duo. I was, I was your backup singer there for a minute. That big Leslie K yeah. duo. I, I, that's not us. Oh, no. <laughs> that's mean, a skit from Saturday Night Live. Cling tenaciously to my buttocks. Okay. I believe it's one of their more, more famous lines. <laughs> Didn't one of them have like a big A? Uh, yeah, both of them for yeah. ambiguous. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just see if I remember correctly. I, I take the Norm Macdonald rest in peace line. Like I'm deeply closeted homosexual, <laughs> deeply closeted. Um, my favorite Saturday Night Live bit would have been they had. I don't remember who it was. Some skinny white girl, uh, and like she gave herself, you know, or they put her in like a mohawk. Okay. You know, makeup wig kind of thing. And then they gave her a bunch of chains and she was Mrs. T. And Mr. Okay. T was like nice. you know, the, the host of the, the this is old, so I'm yeah. old. So but yeah, that that was relatively funny. And also um Eddie Murphy used to do Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Yes. That's the classic stuff, man. I think one of the more contemporary with my age range for when I was watching Saturday Night Live regularly. Yeah. Uh was the Cork Soakers. <laughs> the cork soakers. Cork right? soakers. Yes. Yes. What a bunch of cork soakers. That's, Plus, he's the soak of the cork. That's that's pretty good. Oh, I also remember Doug and Wendy Weiner. Okay. Uh, this was Joe Piscopo and probably Gilda Radner, I think. And they would talk like this all of the time. Whenever they would speak, they could only speak like this. And it was amazingly annoying. And so, like, at, at one point, they're in line at a bank. And these robbers come in, and they basically annoy the robbers, you know, <laughs> until they get shot, right? And they're like, "Ouch, I'm shot!" After they get shot, after annoying the robbers so painfully, but like they would just be like, you know, "Yes, I'd like to make a withdrawal," and it's just so annoying. Yeah, anyway. I think my overall favorite would be the, just the uh, the weekend update in general. Like any of those. Dennis Miller, I think, was probably the king of the weekend updates. Okay. I, I did enjoy Norm MacDonald uh, when he did it. And uh, there's a few other people, too, that have done it. The uh, the two Colin gals. Quinn. Uh, Colin Quinn. But uh, the two gals. Uh, Tina Fey and I don't know who and, the other one thinking of. Yeah, Tina Fey and. Sherry O'Terry. The, no, no, know. no. It's the. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. I don't. The listeners do. Okay. I assume. Okay. It's bad to assume, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Anyway, we need to talk about this bit that you brought in, Richie Rich, from greenlemon.me. I don't even know what this site is. I Don't even worry about it. I came across one piece of show prep months ago, and, and then I went to, I was so good, so provocative, that I added this site to my list. So there's a whole bunch of like celebrity gossipy okay. nonsense coming All out right. of this site, and occasionally the gem that gets like plucked. And this is the gem that gets plucked for this week. In the previous segment, I was trying to remember the name of a tabloid TV show. TMZ. Oh, yeah. TMZ was what I was trying to remember. Just for our listeners who, you know, were like, dude, it's TMZ, you dumbass. We also said like E.T. And that was like Entertainment Tonight. And I was like, no, newer than that. Because I I don't know that E.T. is still a thing. It's amazing that TMZ started as a website. Right. Right. And then parlayed that into an actual TV show. So we here on Free Talk Live have covered this particular person previously. Uh, he invented something that we call the suicide pod. This thing looks like a science fiction cryogenic sleep chamber. 
and it can only be activated from the inside. So right. there's no like it's it's not a Dr. Kevorkian thing where somebody's assisting you with your suicide. It's you can 3D print one of these of your own volition completely voluntarily and decide to get in it and activate it from the inside and end your own life. And this was designed to comply with like Sweden or Switzerland or something Switzerland's right. assisted suicide law. Right. Uh, meant to keep uh, medical involvement at a minimum, according to the text here in this article, as it can only be activated from the inside. So uh, this guy, what's his name? Dr. Philip uh, Nitschke. We're going to say Nitschke. Nitschke. Dr. P. Nitschke, uh, an expert. Well, here's, here's the headline. Dr. Death wants to make a body implant that kills you when you forget to deactivate it. <laughs> right. See? Plucked. Like, and again, if it can, it will, right? Like, can this Well, this thing- is designed specifically for that. But, like, I, I read the headline, right, and then my brain goes like, well, that's weird. Because to me, it's like, well, you have one bad night, right? You go, out, you, you go out partying, you go out drinking, you forget to hit the button that deactivates your yeah. implant, and then that's it. You just don't wake up the next morning with a hangover because you're done. Yeah. You get into a bar fight. You're in a coma for a couple of days. Oh, Poof, yeah. yeah. Uh, the subheadline says, what if you can die at your own term in your own time? Okay. So I, you see the subheadline and you go, we've already got technology for this. He already invented the pod. Right. Right? It's done. Like technology is there. If, if that's what you want to do, just 3D print or buy the pod. Now, I hold the opinion that if you find yourself uh, in a place, like for me personally, the only time I would ever think of deploying any of these things is if I were no longer capable of self-support, right? I can't take care of myself. I got to depend on others. Maybe I'm out of money. Maybe I'm being a burden to my family or my friends or the system or whatever. Like, I, I think it's important that I be able to opt out. Yeah. At that point of my life. Now, I want to live a full, long, healthy, and, you know, elderly life if if I can. If, you know, I don't die. Like, there's so many things you could die from these days. Like, it's almost impossible to, you know, be old and, you know, that kind of thing. But the anarchist in me wants to burden the system as long as possible. Right. So it would be a, a very sort of outside of my normal actions to deploy one of these things. But I could see where these things have use. Uh, and if it's voluntary, why not? The pot or the kill switch? I mean, either or. it's your choice. Okay. Right? Which one you would prefer. I, it, and we haven't even talked about what the, the kill switch is. Okay. Um, but oh, what's that band? Kill switch engage. That gives them new meaning to me now because of this. But uh, I would choose the pod. Yes. In in this particular instance, because I don't want to. Less likely to make an error. I don't want to walk around with the equivalent of a ticking time bomb inside of me. You know, it reminds me of these movies where somebody puts like, well, we've implanted a chip in your system. And if you don't return with the, the thing in 24 hours, it'll automatically explode unless That's we inject you is. with this. Is that what this is? Sort of. Do, do you want to read it? No, I mean, I can. I have it up. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's basically that. It's basically that. Like, you have to deactivate it every day. Or oh, every day. I thought, oh, geez. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Ahead. Here we go. Uh, Dr. Philip Nitschke, an expert who advocates the right to die movement and crafted the controversial suicide pod shared that he's come up with another idea, an implantable death switch. The former Australian practitioner was first known when he gave a patient the first voluntary injection in 1996. He's since then been speaking out about the right to die and coming up with the Sacro, a 3D printable death chamber that floods the body with nitrogen. 
The design was meant to comply with Switzerland's assisted dying laws and meant to keep medical involvement to the minimum as it can only be activated from the inside. The doctor spoke with the independent about how his nonprofit group Exit International has been brainstorming for something more radical and effective to allow people to seal their own deaths in the scenario where they are faced with incurable degenerative brain disorders. The man spoke, when a person has dementia, they can nowadays quite legally in some places fill out a brief a bit of paper 10 years ago when they are sound mind saying, if I get like this, kill me. Now, 10 years later, a doctor can come along, read the bit of paper, and even though you don't know which way is up or down, legally give you an injection to end your life. That makes a lot of people feel pretty uncomfortable, and it certainly makes me feel uncomfortable. So what we're working on here is some sort of implant, which you have to switch off every day. Wow. When you've forgotten why you're switching something off that's beeping, then you will die. When you've forgotten why you're switching something off that's beeping, then you will die. So again, you go out partying, right? You drink too much, party too much, whatever. This thing's beeping. Do you hear it? Does I don't it, know. Does anybody else hear it except you? Depends Assumably what, just right. you. Right. So it's this thing's beeping at you, but you're hungover, you know, uh, poisoned or whatever. I, I don't know how to describe it. Never been the situation for me. And you forget to hit the button to keep you alive for the next day. Or you're like, hey, hon, the microwave's beeping. Or whatever. <laughs> 603-283-6160. Would you consider an implant that you have to turn off every day in order to not die? Every day. More Free Talk Live coming up. the monkeys people say we monkey around but we're too busy doing a live radio talk show known as free talk live and throwing poop at people <laughs> i don't know if you got to hear last night's broadcast at all i listened to the, like basically the first hour as i drove there over were, there were um there were some some protesters who uh, in in the Netherlands, who okay. managed to spray Netherlanders, Netherlanders, yes, okay. who managed to spray the the police with manure. Yes, good on them. So I just, yeah, I thought you might enjoy that particular factoid. Uh, it is Free Talk Live. The telephone number is six zero three two eight three six one six zero. In the studio, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me, and Richie Rich. And we were talking about this guy. Dr. Death. Dr. Death. Uh, what's his name? Nitschke? Nitschke? Philip Nitschke. Who uh, previously designed the Suicide Pod, now is designing something called, uh, what is it, a suicide implant? That it's well, they're calling on. it a kill switch. That's a poor name for it, but okay. it is accurate. That Truth you, and advertising, Captain. That you implant into your body, and it beeps at you every day at some point, and you have to acknowledge the beep and turn the beep off, or you will die. Or you die. So, we'll talk more about that, but first, let's go to, we've got Nettie calling from Canada. Nettie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Um, there was a uh, document. Um, there was an arm of the... Uh, U.S. government mm -hmm. that contracted to a company called Trail of Bits. Okay. Um, 
this comp that the arm of the government is actually, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, part of the Pentagon. It's a DARPA. And so DARPA paid, uh, I know, paid, they contracted with this company called Trail of Bits. And Trail of Bits produced a document called Are Blockchains Decentralized? It's a 26 page PDF. Sure. And it says the unintended centralities in distributed ledgers. Anyways, I was excited last night. I talked, I was talking about it, but I've kind of summarized it so it's, it's, it's easier to understand. So it's, it seems like this paper is trying to find ways to centralize. Um, and th by the way, the paper, they say they only did uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, but they're trying to find ways to centralize uh, blockchains because they can't, as they admit, they can't do it on cryptography itself. And they find different um, ways, like, for example, ISP or something that's centralized. So they have different ways or what they call different sources of centralization. Right. And so, so they have if, if I remember correctly, um, well, first of all, I have a side comment. The side comment is Bitcoin, the big, the big one, the regular BTC, if you will, has been under attack since it was created and continues to remain under attack by the following things. Yeah. Uh, governments, mathematicians, hackers, uh, would-be you know, nefarious people who are trying to get rich quick, uh, and it remains under attack. Now, it makes sense that governments would try to sort of figure out, you know, can we dismantle it in some way? Can we decentralize this? Or can we re-centralize this? Can they steal enough money to create enough miners to get their 51%? Right. You know, so like, and to this date, this has not yet happened. So that's sort of my side camera. Go ahead. Yeah. So they have uh, sources of centralization. So they say here, this report covers several ways, and so there's six types of centralization that seems that they have, or uh, ways that one can make it more central, let's call it that. But let's not say centralization, okay. that's like an, an goal of one. Let's just say it goes towards centralization. So they have six, six ways that it can, and again, it's not the cryptography itself, as you said last night too, it's correct. It's, I mean, decentralized is decentralized. Right. But they're, basically it seems like they're uh, looking at uh, real world, the way blockchains are being used, for example, going through ISPs, etc. And can we centralize or get close to centralizing different aspects of it and not just the cryptography itself? So they have, or not, there's just a crypto itself. They have your sources of centralization. So six of them, one of them they call authoritative centralization. And they say, you know, what is the minimum number of entities necessary to disrupt the system? This number is called the Nakamoto coefficient. <laughs> anyway, so they say they also refer to as governance centrality. Then they have something called consensus centrality. Yep. They say similar to authoritative centrality, to what extent is the source of consensus? Example, proof of work, centralized. Does a single entity, like a mining pool, control an undue amount of the next word's hashing power? So they're trying to look for ways, I think, they're trying to look at ways where you can try to maybe centralize it more because you can't do it to the cryptocurrency itself. You know, one is motivational centrality. They say, how, how are participants disincentivized from acting maliciously? Example, posting malformed or incorrect data. To what extent are these incentives centrally controlled? How, if at all, can the rights of a malicious participant be revoked? Sure. So they have interesting... So yeah, top didn't you have that with the DAO on Ethereum several years ago where they just they reset the blocks? 
They that's, went, nope, malicious actor, and reset. That's true, they did. So um, what is, Nettie, the, like, this is all very good information, and I appreciate you bringing it to our attention. It's stuff I haven't heard before. What is, is your point just to alert people that this is what's going on? Yeah, I guess. Exactly. Okay. It's, just, it's, just, it's to uh, get people to see, like, hey, look, this is something maybe that's not uh, weird. Uh, not weird. What's the word? Where it's a very, very small, small minority fringe thing. Fringe, I think that's the word. Mm-hmm. It's not this is something that technology, crypto itself, currency—it's being looked at by the current powers that be. See, they're controlling the narrative, Captain. That's what I was saying example, earlier. Gave one out. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Uh, thanks for the call, Nate. They're we studying it. it. DARPA studying it. Putting out reports. Yeah. Well, we know They've that got media outlets suggesting that cryptocurrency need to be centralized because they can't do anything else. I get it. Thus far. Cryptocurrency has remained impervious to uh, states' actions, to hackers' actions, to would-be conmen's actions. The only the only time people get swindled is either uh, by something like an ICO, uh, initial coin offering. We've seen that. Uh, if you invest into a, an S coin, the S stands for a word that I can't say on the radio. Some kind of mushroom. Uh, you know, uh, go look up one coin if you're looking for, you know, the quintessential S coin. Uh, they're still looking for the lady behind all that. Uh, or if you get socially engineered into giving up like a password for uh, your wallet or something like that, or your exchange ID and password, and they get on your exchange uh, and take all your money from you, move it to a different wallet, and then it's gone. So I think part of this, part of the social engineering comes with moving the masses, right? Which is which is why I was in favor of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, whatever, staying small, right? For our our little freedom communities, um, because once you get the masses out there calling for these sorts of things, right? Like bit, we need we need Bitcoin to be regulated. We need to have a lender of last resort for Bitcoin. And if they're if they're the majority, all of a sudden. Right, but like the the question isn't what are people going to call? They're already calling for that for and politicians are calling for that. There's already people who are like you know they've been swindled or they lost their life savings because crypto went from sixty eight thousand back down to twenty or something. Yeah. You know this year, uh, and so people are like crying like oh because they made a bad decision. Right. right, instead of accepting responsibility for their decisions and maybe not risking their life savings on something as volatile as this. Uh, or having the patience to wait it out, like a you know somebody who's been following the cryptocurrency, uh, you know, might do over the course of its lifetime. Um, yeah. Instead, they're looking to big daddy government solve my problem for me. I get it. I got you know, and so they they've been calling for this. I I feel like you're afraid that the government is eventually going to regulate the Bitcoin. The question is how. It's not possible currently mathematically for them to do so. What what I'm what I am afraid of is the end around. So not necessarily th- that the government regulates Bitcoin, right? But that the government, much like if they're calling for a lender of last resort, mm-hmm. right, puts something above Bitcoin and above the exchanges, right? So how they 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 create an office? They already can't put their own currency above it. In fact, it's done nothing but lose value since the invention of cryptocurrency. You create an office of crypto regulation. They're the ones who are the lender of last resort for the exchanges when the exchanges exchanges get over leveraged. And, and what does that mean practically? Like, give me a practical example. Um, one of the problems right now with the exchanges is there's no there hasn't been any audits of them, so they increment your account that says, "Hey, we've got some Bitcoin for you." 
but much like the uh, the gold goldsmiths of the past giving away fake paper gold, the, uh, some of the exchanges could now be giving away fake paper Bitcoin by incrementing your account, and they have no way to back it. Right, if you and come so, at it as an investment. And so when they go insolvent, right, then you now have this layer of government above them to bail them out. And what does that do for the underlying Bitcoins or what or whatever cryptocurrencies underneath? These are good questions. 603-283-6160. Do you have the answers to any of this? Or do you think it's possible for government to co-opt or even regulate crypto? More coming up. Free Talk Live. And we're back. And in the words of one of the greatest rock bands of all time, don't try suicide, nobody's worth it. Don't try suicide, nobody cares. Don't try suicide, you're just going to hate it. Don't try suicide, nobody gives a damn. Put that in your lyric finder and like it. It's a great song, by the way. Suicide is painless. Uh... And also, while I'm thinking about it, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, that was Queen, by the way, the song I was quoting. It's called Don't Try Suicide. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne also has a song called Suicide Solution. Uh, Let me see what else. Uh, Oh, uh, Metallica's Fade to Black is, uh, generally speaking, regarded as a suicide. In fact, there was a uh, a religious group called uh, The Truth About Rock. That uh, I was forced to attend one of their seminars as a as a child, uh, where they literally blamed <coughs> bands like Judas Priest and Kiss and Metallica for kids committing suicide. Like they would not have committed suicide had they not been listening to that devil music, right? And so they would you know pick and choose lyrics from songs and and that kind of a thing. It was a horrific, horrific, uh, just even a, an opinion to have that. First of all, uh, if your child is listening to heavy metal, that is generally regarded as a form of therapy, right? They're having emotions. They're attracted to a music that you know allows them to release their emotions, and, and that's why they're listening to it. So it's an indicator. The fact that they committed suicide, probably, most likely, and this is just an opinion, most likely failure of parenting. Failure of parenting. So uh, for you to be so oblivious about what your children are doing that you want to blame the music that they listen to for them committing suicide, to me, is one of the worst possible things that you could be. You out yourself as a horrible parent if that's what you believe. I'm generally pro-suicide for people that want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even you know told friends, like, dude, if you need help, I will help you. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll try to keep it on download so I don't get busted for it. Um, but also, it's there's there's a biological human imperative for survival. Yes, which makes suicide very difficult. Yes, for the vast majority of people. And in fact, I have spoken with suicide. We'll call them survivors, people who have attempted but failed to kill themselves. And every one of them, every one of them is like, I'm totally glad I didn't kill myself. Every one of them. Some of them are hurt, you know, in ways for the rest of their life, that kind yeah. of a thing. But I've spoken to three well, individuals, so that's not a large sample. But it's also hard to get feedback from the successful ones. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Excuse me, Mister Dead Person. Can you tell me how you feel right now? Now that you've done it, 
No. Was it the right decision? What's with the silent treatment? I don't understand. Anyway, uh, we're going to continue talking about uh, Mr. Is it Dr. Nitschke? Philip Nitschke. Philip Nitschke and his kill switch that he is designing. But first, let's go to Major Pain calling from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, the the music butchers, that headbanging stuff. Beware, beware. Headbanging may cause fractured necks and skulls. <laughs> it may cause a good time. I, I've been in so many mosh pits, man, that... Uh, I won't do it anymore because I'm way too old and 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 fragile. I'm pr- I'll probably get trampled. I mean, I've strained my neck headbanging once or twice. <laughs> I did like uh, whenever I hit forty. It was myself and my singer, and we went to see a Slayer concert. And I was just like, "All right, I'll see you in a little while. I'm going to get as close to the stage as I can because I wanted to get up close and see the solos and all that kind of stuff." And my singer's like, well, which way are you going? I'm like, I'm going that way. He's like, I'm going to try to do it on the other side of the stage. I'm like, okay, we'll meet back here for beers after the set's done. And so yeah, we both, yeah, we both, <laughs> we both sort of get knocked around a little bit and got too close to the edge of the pit. And we like, I got knocked into the pit. So when you get knocked into the pit, you have no choice but to just go ahead and mosh. Okay. Right? So I start moshing, I'm moshing, and then I see my singer getting past, he's doing the crowd surfing thing, getting past above me, and he sees me and he points at me, he's like, hey! As he goes by, and I just point at him and laugh. Later on that night, we both laughed about it. The following day, we both called each other up, we're like, dude, I'm sore, man. Like, I, I He's like, dude, I did the crowd surfing, I don't know what happened, like, they just picked me up and threw me. Like, Imagine God, if he awesome. got dropped and bumped his head and forgot to hit the button on his kill switch. <laughs> there goes your singer. All right, uh, we've we've usurped the major. Major, what, what's on your mind? Well, you guys were talking earlier about your Saturday night favorite, Saturday night live favorites, SNL, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, here, I, I, you remember the what opening line when I gave you my call in? Excuse me, sir, have I reached the party to whom I am speaking? Yes. That was Lily Tomlin from Laughing. She was the annoying nasal-talking uh, operator. Right, right. I remember. And then, uh, the, sec- the second one was, I have an incoming transmission from the big giant head. Incoming transmission that- from the big giant head. Eggheads? That's, thir- that's third rock from the sun, I'm pretty sure. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, uh, oh, I, I-, I promise not to... Get dumped before I told you this one. Captain Kangaroo. All right, I'm going to stop you right there. Hang on. Hang on, hang on, Major. Before you tell about Captain Kangaroo, I just have to say that as a man who is known as the Reverend Captain Kickass, or people who see me, they're just like Captain. Like That's my commonly referred to name. Uh, Captain Kangaroo, it occurs to me, is probably the first captain that I can recall knowing of and about that, like, you know, as a name, not necessarily Being exposed as exposed to, as opposed to exposing myself to captains, right? I that, that should be well, weird. Other, yeah, that, that would be other, weird. Other other than like you know the Mississippi pilot and and whatnot from uh, Samuel Clemens, you're probably corrupt, sir. Um, <laughs> I'm probably corrupt. You're probably corrupt, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So, what about Captain Kangaroo? All right. So, uh, you remember back in the old days on the stage, they would have that on the air, off the air light. Yep. Okay. So it's a Friday show, and he's got this sidekick. His name is Mister Green Jeans. I remember. And they've been entertaining all the little five, seven-year-olds for you know a half an hour or an hour or whatever the show was. But it was all week for them because they was fixing to get time off, right? Sure. The on the air light goes on and the off the air light 
goes off, and Captain Kangaroo looked at Mr. Green Jeans, and he says, well, that ought to hold the little bastards for another week. <laughs> it was overheard by every mother in America, and he never appeared again. Oh, that was the end of Captain Kangaroo? Wow. That was the end of Captain Kangaroo. Wow. And I got another so one So cancel culture's older than we thought. Yeah. There's another one for you. The Ghoul used to host uh, Channel 50, WBKB TV on late night movies, you know, horror show stuff. Okay. And he had a froggy gig he did. One time he blew up a live frog. He stuffed an M80 down his throat. And uh, he ended up being the unknown comic, the dude with the bag on his head. I do remember the unknown comic. Yeah. Oh, is that why? Because he did that and he didn't want to be known anymore? Well, he had no other choice. <laughs> Hey, Major, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160 is the telephone number. Uh, the unknown comic. I forgot about nice. that guy. Yeah, Wear the bag over his head and, you know, would go on stage, do funny things. And, yeah. Uh, Not familiar. Good bit. Before my time. Um, we're ta- oh, you mentioned cancel culture. Oh, I said cancel culture has been around longer than we thought. So it seems. Um, and it, it's actually, so Captain Kangaroo is, maybe one of the oldest i was reminded recently that uh, george carlin did a gig in milwaukee wisconsin in the 70s 72 73 74 somewhere in there i don't remember the exact year but a long time ago uh somewhere close to 50 years ago where he did his bit about the seven words that you cannot use on television yep and he got arrested Somebody in the audience was like, I can't believe he said those words on stage. Uh, He was at a gig called Summerfest, which is um, actually it's a musical festival that happens still to this day every year in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's uh, billed as the largest musical festival, largest annual music festival on planet Earth. It's it's pretty huge. So anyway, this is in the early days of that. For sure, but he got arrested, got on TV about it. Uh, you know, there was all sorts of things about it, and he eventually wasn't charged. The judge was just like, "You exercised your freedom of speech. I don't see what the problem is here." So I was reminded. And of he didn't person. do it on TV. Correct. Radio. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Coming up, we'll continue to talk about the kill switch and Doctor Death. More free talk live is on the way. It's the live Sunday night edition. pictures of mountaintops. Sorry, it's a band I really don't like called Pearl Jam. Okay. We were, during the break, we were discussing, discussing. Discussing. Sean Connery was here, and we were discussing grunge bands for some reason. Or lack thereof. Or, yeah. Pearl Jam to me was, I mean, they were barely rock and roll. They were far more folk, in my opinion, than they were rock. Um, and, uh, I was telling Richie Rich that, um, one of the reasons I dislike Pearl Jam is because of Weird Al Yankovic. Oddly enough. Yeah. Uh, now you're like, how do you, how does one affect the other? Is that like hitting your foot with a shovel for your mortgage? I don't understand. Um, so Weird Al Yankovic did a tour where he did nothing but originals and, uh, I saw him live in Seattle 
And the night before, he had played Portland, Oregon, and so his set list from that night leaked, and I was like, he's going to play Nature Trail to Hell in 3D. This is my favorite Weird Al original song. It's called Nature Trail to Hell in 3D. It's a great song. I love it. And uh, so I go, and I see the show in Seattle, and when it's time, like they're going song by song, the exact same set list from the night before, and when it's time for Nature Trail to Hell in 3D, uh, they go, and now we're going to play a song for all you Seattle people. This is My Baby's in Love with Eddie Vedder. And they played a song based on Pearl Jam instead of my favorite Weird Al song. What a disappointment. Because they were in Seattle. Screw you, Weird Al. So, no, no, but screw you, Pearl Jam, for being so popular. For inspiring the song. Inspiring the song that got you. Because he felt it was a better idea to play that song because he was in Seattle where Eddie Vedder is from and it was the grunge scene and blah, blah, blah. I remember there was one time Weird Al was promoting his new album or something. Yeah. And he was doing a show on MTV. And it was some parody of some Eminem song, I think. <laughs> and Eminem wouldn't like approve of the licensing to do the video, music video. Right. For so the whole thing of Weird Al playing his new his new song was just him holding up a boombox in front of the TV. It was great. <laughs> We're going to listen to it anyway. Uh, and weirdly, listening to the Dr. Demento show growing up, uh, that's how a lot of parody artists used to create their songs they would simply get two boom boxes and a room you know bathroom living or whatever didn't matter they would put a boom box on one side of the room with the recording of the actual song they were trying to make fun of and they'd put a boom box on the other side of the room with a blank cassette tape in it okay they would hit play and record on you know play on the one with the you know label recording and then record on the blank tape and they would literally just sing over the existing song in between the two boom boxes okay. and mail that into the Dr. Demento show and he would play that. Interesting. As long as he could make out what they were saying and there wasn't like a bunch of noise in the background or anything like that, which was relatively easy to do. And so that's how many parody artists way, way back in the early 80s sort of got started. Okay. Uh, before we go on, I have to tell you that Free Talk Live's video archives have been over on library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media-sharing protocol, and we're big fans of that here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, which is a video-sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. It's got over a million channels now, many of which are disaffected YouTube creators. Uh, During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line about COVID, uh, our YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any time. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so now we're streaming live every night. That's right. The show you're listening to is streaming live every night, posting our video archives permanently to our Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime. Just visit video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app over at lbry.com, and every video archive you watch, you'll keep and seed forever online just by watching it and having that uh, desktop app. Again, visit video.freetalklive.com. Follow us on Odyssey today. That's video.freetalklive.com. What a waste to have both these cameras on me for the video feed. I mean, you don't know. Okay. Do you? Like, you may not be attracted to yourself, and I'm certainly not attracted to you, but that doesn't mean there aren't some weirdo listeners out there okay. who are like, dude, it's the Richie Rich Show. Oh, my. <laughs> My my ego couldn't take my it. my favorite. He's back finally. We're back. He always says, "And we're back." And it's true. like now he is back. I don't know. There's yeah. Anyway, uh, the cameras could be, you know, I guess positioned differently. That's my failure as the first chair host. Well, it's also the absence of the third chair. 
I did contemplate printing out a photo uh, of the absent third chair person and taping it to the back of the chair. So whenever the camera rotated over there, you would, you know, be reminded that that person isn't here. But then I'm like, it's just too much work. I'm going to turn the camera at Richie. So anyway, that's usually what Ian does when he's here. And there's only okay. one other host who turned the camera at the second guy. And, you know, life goes protocol on. at this point. The show goes on. So we've been ta- wait for we were talking about Weird Alley. Did you have something else to say about that? Uh, no, not really. Just anecdotally, uh, I had a friend who would um, freestyle over what we were playing on the radio mm-hmm. in the car, and it was the most annoying thing. <laughs> I was like, dude, we like the song. Sing the lyrics to the song. And he would just be off on his own, rapping his own lyrics, and it was stupid. All right. So we've been talking about Dr. Death. Dr. Death, Philip Nitschke. And his design that he's apparently working on for something they're calling a kill switch. This is something that you implant in your body and you must acknowledge once a day or you die. Right. So now that we're getting back to it, I'm going to read this. I'm going to reread this paragraph just so you get the scope of what we're talking about here. And in case you're just tuning in. Yeah, that too. Where we, where you been? So what we're working on here is some sort of implant, which you have to switch off every day. And here's the justification. When you've forgotten why you're switching something off that's beeping at you, then you will die. <laughs> you will die. Uh, I just flaked, man. I don't know what happened. I- right. <laughs> uh, that puts the responsibility right back onto the person and allows them to get what they want, which is that they do not want to live as some sort of vegetable with no one prepared to end their lives. So I guess the idea here is that you only get this implant, they're assuming, uh, in this article at least, that you only get this implant if you've considered the options, you're at a certain age, for example, or you've been diagnosed with something you know, terminal, uh, and you, know, you decide that this is a good idea for you. Right. They're, they're not thinking, of course, about how this could be like just implanted by default into everybody because the government wants it. Because if they can... Then they are. Uh, more importantly, though, you have to be of sound mind and body, right, when you get the implant in. So you're not knocking on death's door yet. You might be close, right? You might get some terminal diagnosis or whatever, but you're still of sound mind and body enough to to consent to getting the implant done. Well, now think about the soldier application, right? Because you know, once something like this is considered, uh, the military is going to be all over and be like, hmm, how can we weaponize this? If you if you run if you retreat from the battlefield, we are not about, pushing your. I button. mean, war is horrific as it is, and some of uh, no, not some of the most heinous things human beings have ever done to each other occurred during war. But imagine like a whole battalion of people ordered to go and do a thing, and when they do it, then somebody else flips a switch for all of them and kills them all, so that there's no evidence. CIA of what applications. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Would you consider getting this implant? If so, why? Let us know. Is Dr. Death on your side? That's right, it is Free Talk Live. The telephone number here, if you wish to join us, 
is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me. And Rich Rich. And uh, before we go on, I just have to say thank you to JCOM3030. That's JCOM3030. JCOM3030 is a diamond-level amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com, which means he gives way, like, way more than most people do to the show. He must really super enjoy it. Uh, And we thank you, JCOM3030, for your contribution. What is an amplifier, you might ask? Well, if you go visit amps.freetalklive.com, you'll find all about the amplifier program. Basically, if you enjoy the content of this radio program, the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, the antics, the stories, the perspective that we come at things from about freedom, prosperity, and peaceful interactions, voluntary interactions, if you enjoy all of that and you want to help spread that message, consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. The money you contribute goes to getting this program onto more radio stations and otherwise help us reach more ears, more listeners, and spread the message of liberty and freedom. So thank you again, JCOM3030, for your generous contribution. We appreciate you. We should have a Ladies of Free Talk Live calendar as an amp perk. It's a great idea, Rich Rich. Why don't you make that happen? Because <laughs> it's a little creepy. <laughs> well, you're a little creepy. I know. <laughs> Well, it sounds right up your alley. All right. We'll get that done. <laughs> if you need help, let me know. <laughs> uh, that's not creepy at all, is it? Uh, so we were, let's just wrap up this bit about the uh, doctor death because there's just a bit more to all right. to cover. So the, you hit the switch or you die. That puts the responsibility back onto the person and allows them to get what they want, which is that they don't want to live as some form of vegetable with no one prepared to end their life. However... This means that the device will face significant legal barriers with safety concerns, you think? The doctor admits admitted this. Uh, I don't think there's anyone you're likely uh, to get. I don't think there's anyone you're likely to get much sanction from anyone if you say, I'm going to go around implanting poison into someone. But the biggest one right now are the technical barriers. We don't know how to do it. What is the poison? What is the thing that's going to stop you living that can be so implantable? How are you going to have it released? He added that the device would beep for a day or two before it kills the user to prevent unwanted death from simply being a forgetful person. Well, phew. (laughs) I don't know, man. I just flaked. If the device successfully passes the fear of being abused and implanted without consent, it will be an important development for doctors who are conflicted or involved in legal issues with voluntary euthanasia. That's it. I mean, again, I can see the practical applications here. And I can see it from a voluntary perspective. Right. But I can also see the potential for abuse. Yeah. The potential for somebody to mm, on purpose be implanted with one of these. And then, you know, you would be coerced to do almost anything at that point, knowing that you somebody else had your life in their hands. College hazing prank. Just tie him up for two days and like threaten to not push the button. Some sort of uh, club initiation. Right. You know what I mean? No matter your college or whatever it is, right? You know, like you got to survive 47 hours of beeping. Maybe we come around and. And then, of course, military applications. You know, they're going to weaponize it any way they can. Uh, Let's go to your calls and thoughts. We have Bob calling from New Hampshire. Bob. Bob. 
Bob. Bob. Hi, how are you? What's on your mind tonight, Bob? You're live on the air. Um, oh, hi. Um, I'm, I'm new to New Hampshire, and I was just wondering what there is to do around there. Well, uh, my favorite thing to do is, well, this radio program, actually, but uh, that's probably not relevant to you. I mean, de- depends on what you're interested in, right? There's plenty of hikes that people go on, apple orchards to go picking oh. fruit. Yeah, like outdoorsy I, stuff seems like to, be to be pretty big. The ocean. There is a beach. Yeah, there is. Uh, oh. There is. There is some ocean shore uh, on the uh, what do you call it? The eastern yeah. side of New Hampshire. I've actually seen people in their wetsuits and surfboards while there's like snow in the oh. water. So, yep. You. I mean, uh, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. you're welcome. Have a great day, Bob. Thanks for calling. Good job, Bob. Good job, Bob. Bob? 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 It seemed like he was yelling at us. I'm not sure what that was about. If anyone needs an implantable kill switch. <laughs> it's not Bob? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Try not to get into too much trouble. Um, I'm just trying to think of like, <clears throat> outdoorsy stuff is big, right? If you like anything outdoors, uh, hunting, fishing, hiking, bird yeah. watching, uh, if you like uh, any sort of... Uh, uh, aberist, you know, stuff. You like planting trees or... I mean, you guys just spent two weeks camping, right? That's true. Uh, campgrounds. Although, I want to be clear, for me, that's not really camping. You were glamping? I wasn't even glamping. I stayed oh. in hotel rooms the entire time. Uh, but even if I weren't, and I stayed in, like, one of the campsites on site, uh, it's hard for me to call that camping because they have showers available not only were there showers available from the campground themselves but somebody some entrepreneurial person rented a site and put up uh porcupine showers nice and so you could just go and like pay a fee and take a hot shower uh it was pretty neat the way they had it set up it was kind of near the free talk live site so i could kind of see it in operation uh not that i could see anybody showering or anything like that uh there was one time when like one of the tarps sort of blew and i saw like a butt you know so did I mean? did but, you post up on the hill with the binoculars to get a good view? Of but I, certain, I certainly did not rail about it in the Porkfest chat that I saw a naked okay. butt at Porkfest. You know, anyway. Because apparently that's a big deal. Apparently, all, the, yeah. all the nudity. If you didn't know that the freedom means freedom. It's not how you freedom. get to liberty. Not, nudity is not how you get to liberty, people. So I've heard. So I've heard. At any rate, uh, I had a point and I forgot because. Not oh, camping. Wait, not no, camping. Not, yeah. To me, what I did was parking and drinking. Okay. Like that's what I parked my car and then I got out a cooler and a table full of booze and we drank. Got my lawn chair, just sat there for 14 days. Now, to some people, that's what they do every year and they call it camping. Like, yep, going camping and they'll find some place. They rent a, you know, a place to park. Maybe they pitch a tent to pass out in or whatever, right? Maybe they grill up some goodies on the grill. But to me, that's not really camping. That's parking and drinking at a different location. Okay. Whereas, Camping to me would be like you got your backpack, probably the metal frame or the aluminum frame, lightweight frame, and you got to hike in a couple of miles at least into a place where cars aren't allowed, and you got to you know sort of create your own campsite. Make sure you put your food up in a tree to keep away from bears overnight and stuff like that. You know you build your own fire with like I don't know flint and steel, or you make one of the uh, you know the bow and the wood thing you know to like start your own fire, etc. And so on. To me, that's camping. Living off the land would be camping. More of a more of a survival uh, practice than like parking my car and drinking, right? So, Lord Reverend Captain Gatekeeping, <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't even know what camping uh, is, boy. I'm certainly not Lord but of the Flies. Back in my day, we had to get the metal frames. And- no, no conch here. Okay. <laughs> 
Somehow Lord of the Flies came up, and I don't remember why I'm even bringing that up. Because they, they, they got forced into camping? Yeah, I guess against so. Against their will? Yeah, yeah. We must build a survival shelter. No, like, uh, I've taken outdoor survival courses. I'm pretty confident in my skills. I'm pretty okay. sure if, you know, I was in a plane crash in, like, you know, the mountains of wherever, uh, you know, and it was winter or whatever, I'm pretty confident that I could survive as long as I didn't suffer any, like, major medical thing, right? You know, broken leg, you know, something okay. that prevents me from walking. You know, I'm pretty confident that, that I could survive at least, you know, the average number of days that people survive these things before they're found by, like, a search and rescue kind yeah. of thing, which is usually about three days. So I'm pretty confident. You can't go for more than a few days uh, without water. So, you know, finding a water source is the yeah. first thing that you got to do. Once you do that, you can get by for a pretty long time. I mean, there was, a, there was a recent article within the last couple of weeks of a toddler who survived a wreck in like the Amazon rainforest before they were found, like four days later. Ah, so the chosen one. If you can't, if you can't <laughs> out survive a four year old, I don't know what to tell you. 603-283-6160. If you want to join us coming up, will we do a speed round? Who knows? More Free Talk Live is on the way. the final segment of tonight's episode of Free Talk Live. Remember, we're here seven nights a week from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Some of you may be listening to this program outside of those hours, and if you are, that's because the radio station you're listening to us on has decided to play uh, the show not during its live hours. But if you want to call, you must call between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Earlier is better. Usually the lines aren't as jammed up, so... Uh, 7 p.m., 10 p.m., seven nights a week. Freetalklive.com. Uh, should we do a speed round? Speed round! Okay, so speed round. Let's, let's do a little different speed round. I'm going to read a headline. We're going to make some assumptions without reading the articles. Uh, you give an opinion. I'll give an opinion. We move on. Okay. All right. So from Reason.com. Border Patrol launched a surveillance blimp over Nogales, Arizona. Town officials didn't know. Residents of Nogales are now under the gaze of a round-the-clock surveillance craft. Unsurprising. Border Patrol in southern states, right? I'm, I'm against it, obviously. If uh, living here in New Hampshire, if you you know went outside your house one day and you saw a blimp in the sky pretty darn close to you, would you be concerned about your security? Well, I mean, okay, so it depends. Because if I just saw a blimp, you know, for me, that's like the good to your blimp around sports games. Right. But if I saw, you know, if it was a surveillance blimp, yes, I'd be, you know, I'd be one of those people who were okay chucking rocks and stuff at it, trying to knock it down. <laughs> he got the wrist Sh- rocket out. Shoot the blimp. <laughs> um, I did read this article. It was in my show prep, so I know a little bit more. And that is to say, I didn't know, but this is now the 17th surveillance blimp that they have deployed along the Mexican border that uh, can very easily surveil anybody who are in these border towns where they deploy these things. Right. So when, when, it, comes to, when it comes to the border control, uh, I'm obviously against it. But there was the other article that came out several months ago about the border patrol on horseback, like whipping the migrants. You remember seeing this? I do, yeah. And that was, that was fake news, right? Like they, they weren't actually whipping the migrants. Okay. So I have to take issue with the news reporting 
because they were they were playing it off as if it were something that it was not. I got you. Yeah. And so there's so many other things that the border patrol is doing wrong that we can you know be mad at them for that we need not resort to fake news. Hey, something the the border folks uh, used to be in charge of was the kids in cages. Yeah, but they're not in charge of that anymore because they were all moved to military facilities, and they're still there, by the way. Getting their kill switch implants. Near, near as I can tell, and nobody, you know, folks can't get into these military installations to do follow-ups. The only reason we know that it was still going on is because we covered a story here on Free Talk Live where one of the kids did finally, he like jumped a fence and like got nice. out in the middle of the night or whatever. And, you know, somebody... can we get AOC to go cry in front of one of the fences at yeah. the military facilities? Alexandria Ocrazio Cortez. Anyway, speed round continues. Also from Reason. New Japanese law makes online insults a jailable offense. Uh, dedication to free speech is in short supply around the world, with Britain and Canada previously considering similar bills. Uh, I also read this article, and I can tell you that the jailable offense part is a year in prison. Uh, also, there's a, a fine component. It's around 3000 USD. Okay. I mean, obviously, again, against it, but we already, you know... Take it for what you will, but Chris Cantwell is sitting in prison for similar saying, you know, saying similar <laughs> things that you know, and sitting in jail for more time. And how right? many times have we covered a story here on Free Talk Live where somebody got arrested for posting something on their Facebook or their Twitter? Right. So unsurprising, but if you if you're already getting jailed for more than that for saying stuff online uh, in America, you know, one year in Japan, eh, whatever. Yeah, if if you read a headline like this and you think it can't happen here, it's already happening here. It's already happening. Uh, moving right along. Las Vegas, you brought this one. Las Vegas hotels to offer first ever VR porn delivery robots as part of room service. Help is at hand. Is that a joke? Help is at hand for lonely hotel guests as Las Vegas resorts. Thanks to a VR porn delivery robot, it brings a sanitized headset with the latest immersive adult movies direct to your room. I mean, when HDTV isn't good enough? I mean, I'm for it, right? This is the, the capitalism and pornography always moves technology forward. This is true. So. Technology or porn did save the internet because the internet was at sort of a crossroads and yeah. all of a sudden, you know, porn was the practical application. Uh, they were free of the regulations and, and all that kind of stuff. And they were like, hey, we, we can make this happen. Porn ends up being the practical application for a lot of emergent technologies. Yeah. And then it finds, you know, practical application elsewhere. And that's an extension of uh, the entertainment industry uh, in with respect to technology. Because prior to the digital revolution, whenever a new technology, including the digital revolution, uh, whenever a new technology would come out, it would be used by the entertainment industry first because whenever something new comes out it's really expensive yeah and only those people with a bunch of money can afford to use it and so it went to things like film and tv because they could afford to use these things for special effects and audio and all yeah. that fun stuff and 3d tv kind of you know phased out in and out like no one really watches that as often yeah. as before same with the laser disc well yeah the big dvds yeah. size of an album I had uh, showgirls on Laserdisc. <laughs> Speaking of like almost porn. Yeah, indeed. Uh, wait, was that Demi Moore? Uh, Elizabeth uh, Berkeley. Oh, that's right. Saved okay. by the bell chick. All right. All right. Uh, Demi Moore was striptease. Striptease. Yes, thank you. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, so uh, Las Vegas hotels. I First of all, 
if I want to watch VR porn, I'm going to own my own equipment. But you're traveling to Vegas on a trip, you're going to pack your VR porn headset with you in your luggage? If I'm traveling to Vegas for a trip, no, I'm not going to pack my VR porn set in my luggage. You can just go with the, the bank, the memory bank? No. Or- in Las Vegas, you can just take an Uber like a few minutes away to one of these ranches and have the real thing. Okay. You know, for a price, of course. For a but price. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? I, porn is a pacifier. Okay. In my opinion. Right. For the real thing. I'm not right? going like, to leave my hotel room and drive all that way if I can get the similar experience right out, on my eyeballs. You go out and you have some drinks, at the, you know, and then you get an Uber. All right. right? You don't have to, you know. So anyway, I, what I'm saying really is about the equipment. I don't. Yeah, they say it's sanitized, but how do you know? How do you know? Okay. Well, okay. how do you but know some other schmuck, you know, didn't. And I don't want to touch that. Come on. How That's much gross. of it's actually going to get on the visor, though? I, I mean. These things can get sloppy from time okay. to time. That's all I'm saying. All right, moving right along. Uh, what do we got? Um, friends at first sniff. People drawn to others who smell like them. And that's why I wear Axe Anarchy body spray. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> About your Axe body spray. Is it really called Anarchy? Yeah. I, I I happened by it one day in like you know the old Walmart as I was perusing this thing, and how, I couldn't not buy it at that point, right? Like what okay. what else is the anarchist at, supposed at to Wal- smell like? Okay, sure. Well, well I, I don't know where else. Where do you shop, where do you shop for deodorant? Uh, online. Okay, yeah, and I buy it by like the case. So okay, like, I buy once every couple of years. Okay, I just buy the same flavor, if you will. And well, you, you know, you want to attract more anarchists, start smelling like anarchy. But like. Is that is that real? Is that how it works? It's like, a study. Okay, but okay. like just because there's a study doesn't mean that's like how it actually works. Hey, here we trust the science. <laughs> is this uh, Fauci endorsed? I have no idea. <laughs> he is the science. By he, the way. He, he is I absolutely. am the science," said he. Um, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I know that there is something to be said about like pheromones and stuff like that. Yeah. Right, and I know. Oh, man, I'm going to share a term with you, and then we're not going to discuss it until we go off the air. Vabbing. Oh, okay, yes. Um, I know that this occurs frequently. Um, you know, man and woman get together. Maybe they're dating. Maybe they're married, whatever. Uh, you know, Man goes away on, like, a business trip or off to see his family for whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And so he's gone, and so uh, the lady will go into, the, like, the dirty clothes hamper and put on the dirty shirt because it smells like him. Yeah. It's very soothing. So, yeah, right. And I just feel like, oh, he's here and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, So this happens. It's, you know, uh, I can see that there's something to this. I just don't know that it is as the headline says. I still remember the name of the perfume of the girl I had a crush on. Really? Yeah. Just because. Okay. Haven't smelled it in a while, but man, if that ever, if someone else were to wear it, that would be very triggering. Final speed round headline. Inflation and a probable recession are eroding America's freedom. Duh. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, of course it is. Uh, inflation, I wouldn't even say probable. I mean, Thank you, politicians. I think inevitable recession are eroding America's freedom. We're out of time. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you to our callers tonight. Thank you to the internet and to all of our listeners, of course. If you missed any part of our program, get the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks. And peace.